there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. Okay, let's do <laughs> podcast <Sorry>. recordings. <laughs> let's do stuff. Okay. Let's do the things we do on Sunday afternoons, but no, it's Monday. But it's actually, oh God, it is Monday. <laughs> Happy Labor Day to us. Happy laboring Labor away. Day, everybody. Happy return to work after Labor Day, everybody. Yeah. Blech. It's fine. It's going to be great. Okay, do you have any podcast business? Podcast business, no. But I would like, before we go into your story this week, excuse me, I'm sorry, I felt like I was going to belch. I would like to discuss this um, abducted jogger. I can't even think about it. And they think that they caught the guy. Today I saw that they arrested someone. Yes, um so of course our cousin lives in memphis and Mm -hmm. that's where i saw it first but now every running group i belong to Mm -hmm. is like blowing up about it and uh a shit ton of the news stories that i'm seeing are like oh why was she out running at 4 45 a.m mind your fucking business right if i want to go run topless at 2 a.m I don't deserve to get kidnapped and murdered. Right. Period. 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 Also, too, it's Memphis. Yeah. It's probably going to be 5 million degrees by noon. Yes. And she needed to get her jogging done before or she died by She's sun. a teacher. I read that she's a oh, teacher. Yeah. Yes. She's got to fucking get it done before she has to wake her own kids up, get, get to school, get go take son. care of business. Yes. Like... There's a reason she was running at four in the morning. She has a life. It's harder than balls, I'm sure, in Memphis right now. Gotta be. That's a good time to run. It's a good time to run in Oklahoma in the summertime. Yes. Like, I'm just like, the amount of victim blaming in this situation is horrific. And it's like, well, if she didn't do X and Y, listen, motherfucker. Um... She deserves to be able to put on her shoes and go out and run without thinking, I'm going to be murdered today. Right. That is bullshit. Because I guarantee you, that thought that thought has crossed her mind at some point. I swear Probably to goodness. Probably every morning. Every fucking morning that yeah. I run, yeah. when I do run before the sun comes up, that is the number one thing in the back of my mind is, is there someone going to be on this path? That wants to harm me. I am so sick and tired of having to be scared to better my mental health. Yeah. Jogging betters my mental health. It is part of my therapy routine. It's part of my physical therapy for my mental health. And I have to be scared to do it. And it's it. when I read this story, I was so mad. I was so mad that it happened 
to someone that was more than likely that she may have been a jogger since she was a kid. Maybe she was, she was con- cross country. Maybe she is track. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's for her mental health like me. And it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. It doesn't matter if she was going for a walk to walk her dogs. It doesn't fucking matter why she went out there or what she was doing or anything else. She didn't go out there to ask somebody to murder her. At all. Period. And we should not have to have in the back of our minds when we decide to go out and run or walk that we may, our life may end that day. Yeah. I didn't sign up for that. And we don't know, we don't know if she's deceased or not. We don't know. It doesn't look great. Right. Because they've taken somebody into custody and he's apparently not talking. Right. Uh, Doesn't look great. Hopefully she's just somewhere else and makes it home. And this guy gives up the information. I sincerely hope that that's the situation. But it doesn't look great. And it's fucking nonsense. And it's what every woman that goes out at night by herself by herself or goes for a jog or goes for a walk or goes to walk her dogs or whatever that is what every woman is in fear of every time we go out by ourselves yeah period fucking i'm so fucking tired of it yeah so i mean sorry positive energy for the memphis running community right now because you know all the rest of the women are terrified Oh, I no absolutely doubt. terrified. No doubt. So awful. Eliza. Yes. Her name's Eliza. Eliza. That's yep. right. Yep. And our prayers go out to her family and her friends and everyone too, because that's goddamn. It just makes me angry. It it makes it's me just really, really just really sent me into an anger spiral when I saw that story. So Yeah. That's yep. Same. Same, same. Sorry. Soapbox, I am now stepping down. It's a valid soapbox. It's not even a soapbox. It's just like, oh, why do we have to be afraid of stuff every day? I'm less afraid of you because people can't throw me over their shoulder. I I wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> um, but like nobody's throwing me in the trunk of a car without yeah. some assistance. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. Yeah. It's every day. So, yeah, whatever. I just feel bad about it. I know. So. Like there's there's people in this in my own goddamn neighborhood that I have told my husband about because in one way or another they have made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. In Oklahoma City in just creeps be creeping. Just, um yeah, just my yeah, neighborhood. In nice neighborhoods. So just creeping around. Just know that if you freak me out, I tell my husband your description and your vehicle description. And if I have your fucking license plate number, he has that too. Yeah, and there's multiple people that know where I am at all <laughs> at times. all times. All times. So yeah. <sighs> Motherfuckers. God I know. Damn. I hate it. I hate it all. Same. I Sorry. hate it. I hated to start that out on a negative note, but it was just so heavy on my chest i was like i'm so tired i'm so tired of being scared just to get exercises that to get exercise in that helps my brain function better and help that keeps me alive yeah right yeah it just makes me mad no i get it that's a valid that is a valid psa thank you anytime thank you thank you for doing this ted talk You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you for doing this TED Talk. Okay. Okay. Do we want to do Oklahoma true crime now? 
Yes, let's. We'll move on from Memphis and we'll do Oklahoma. Yes, let's. All right. So this week, we're going to talk about a pretty well-known Oklahoma cold case, which is not typically my jam, right? Like we told everybody at the festival, like we typically do stuff that's not very well-known and try to bring uh, attention to those cases and everything. Right. Um, Wait, before we start, we need to tell everyone just how much fun we had at the true crime podcast festival. Yeah, we met super cool people. We met like... Uh, people that I had never heard their podcast before, but um, so we should definitely shout out our new friends at Bruh is a Murder. Bruh is a Murder. You guys are precious. Because they're so young and they are so cute and we, like, I will be subscribing and listening to Bruh is a Murder for the rest of my life. Right. Because they're awesome. They didn't know us from Adam and nope. just like, just kind of were took old us enough in. to be their really hot aunts. And yeah. God bless them. They yep. took us into their little fold and they did. We love them. They took <laughs> pictures of us when we were doing our Spotify live. <laughs> it was precious. Andre took our pictures. Yeah. He was the sweetest. Um, Yeah. And then the other. We got to meet, was- we got to totally fangirl over, uh, Alvin, Alvin from Fr- Affirmative Murder. Oh. And he's like, if he ever, if we can get him on the podcast, which he said he would totally join us if we needed him to, and we probably do. <laughs> um, he is a very dynamic speaker uh-huh. about crimes against people of color yes. and especially women of color. Mm-hmm. And I am excited to go down that road. Yes. And have his input on some of that. And I'm I'm also hoping we can get Andre from Bruss a Murder to come talk about uh BIPOC crime yeah. and everything like that. So yeah. or even the whole crew from Bruss a Murder, because you all oh, yeah, are just the cutest. I'm down. Um yeah, and just a lot of just really nice people. The girls from Real Housewives of oh, True Crime. Yeah. They're precious. So cute. I told Shannon when we were watching their Spotify that they very much remind me of us. Yeah, they're really cute. They were so cute. And we met uh, Josh from True Crime Bullshit, which, mm-hmm. come to find out, my sister told me about that podcast literal years ago. Okay. Because she knows how I feel about Israel Keys and the unresolved issues around him. Yeah. Um, she told me about it years ago. I never listened to it because I have a steady rotation of certain stuff that I listen to all the time. Right. Right. And sometimes I just don't like new friends. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's okay. But his voice is like butter, like butter, like butter. <laughs> and the information, if you are a, I'm not going to say a fan because nobody's a fan, but if you are interested in the crimes of Israel Keys mm-hmm. and the way the public information just sort of stopped after he killed himself, there is a ton of information. Yeah. And they know about other crimes and they just sort of stopped investigating them. So now Josh and his crew My gosh. of investigative journalists are investigating Israel Keys uh 
unsolved and untied crimes. Oh, my God. And the podcast mm-hmm. is phenomenal. His voice is like butter. Hopefully, he comes to Oklahoma and says hi at some point because yeah. he was really, really nice and yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So that was my big ones that I took away. I really enjoyed all of that. Yeah. So the festival was a lot of fun. The festival basically. was so much fun, and I'm so glad we, <laughs> I'm so glad we did it. I'm so glad we were a part of it. We learned more things about other conferences we're going to go to. Yes. Yeah. It was a great time. It was super fun. Thanks to Lainey and everybody at the festival for doing yeah. the things. Also, seeing our waiter at oh, the yeah. little hotel restaurant. Precious, precious little man. He was so sweet. He he knew us. I, wo- I wrote a really good review. I'm so glad. For them. He was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm ready now. Are you ready? I'm ready now. Do you now. have anything else? No. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I think. I'm sorry. It's fine. Just interrupt me again if you do. No. <laughs> I just... We haven't been We haven't been here in a we hot second. We have not recorded in weeks. And so I'm like, what? Yeah. And then... Sorry. Okay. No, it's all good. Apologies. I'm ready now. Go. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. So like I said before... I was so rudely interrupted. Um, um, <laughs> we're actually doing, I'm actually doing a really well-known uh, Oklahoma cold case today. Correct. Because this case super needs our help. Oh. It needs visibility. It needs everything. And we'll figure out why here okay. in just a minute. So okay. we're going to talk about Brittany Phillips. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, at the time of her death, Brittany is a normal 18-year-old girl. She had graduated from Tulsa Union High School in 2003, which she graduated a year early. Oh, damn. Yeah. And went to Florida to attend college at her mom's alma mater. Okay? Okay. Her mom is a psychologist. Oh, wow. A doctor. Mm -hmm. So, she sort of wanted to get away and be independent and... Her mom has said she was a really good kid. You know, she got in trouble just like teenagers do, but she wasn't out doing nonsense. She was just being a teenager. Right. Having fun with her friends and stuff like that. Yeah. So you may have guessed, but she graduated early because she was incredibly intelligent. Right. She was super intelligent. She wanted to go into cancer research. And the college in Florida that she attended, Eckerd College... Uh, she attended on a full scholarship for chemistry. Holy crap. Yeah. She's very, very smart. That's amazing. So like we know, the first year in college can be rough for a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. And it can make you really, really homesick. Yes. Brittany was the same way. She got really homesick after her first year. And she decided to move back home to Tulsa where she could be with her friends and be close to her family and everything like that. Right. Yeah. Um, she moved into, uh, apartments that were called the Glen Eagles apartments at the time. Um, I think now they're called Somerset park at union. And she was living in a second floor apartment, which was the top floor of the apartment complex. The apartments were just across the street from Tulsa union high school. 
Okay. So where she went to school, she knew people around there, right? Right. She decided to attend classes at the local community college at uh, Tulsa Community College. Her brother lived in Tulsa at the time, and her mom was living just right down the road in Chandler. Oh, okay. So everything, everybody was close. If she needed anything, you know, there wasn't hours and hours to try to get to her, right? Right. And Brittany and her mom were really close, and they talked all the time. So Brittany had spoken with her mother on Monday, September 27th. And they agreed they'd speak again later in the week. So on Tuesday, Maggie, who's Brittany's mom, tries to call her and went to voicemail. Then on Wednesday, tries to call again, went to voicemail. On Thursday, she wasn't able to get in touch with her again and left her a message and that just was kind of like, you know, I know you're okay. I just want you to call me and let me know you're okay. Like, we don't have to chat for a long time. I just want you to let me know that you're actually okay. Mm-hmm. Right? So this is in 2004. Okay? Okay. This is when cell phones were still relatively in their infancy. Like, we all had cell phones at that point, but we were all still on a plan that was like 60 minutes a month or some ridiculous amount and no data and really nobody was texting really that much no because texting meant you had to push the number five three times three times for an s or whatever whatever yeah yeah (laughs) so she left her like a voicemail and then didn't hear from her and then early on friday morning like 1 a.m on friday morning which is the, the next day after she left the voicemail the 1st of October, Maggie got a knock at her door at 1 a.m. Okay. From a local police officer. Oh, shit. And he confirmed, you know, she's uh, Brittany's mom and says, hey, you need to call Tulsa Police Department. Your daughter's been murdered and just rolls out. Um, he drops a bomb and walks away. What? Yeah. And she's like, what the f- Oh, my God. Obviously, this person didn't have children. Yeah. Or just had zero compassion whatsoever. His compassion was completely gone, probably after years of serving on the... Sorry. I'm just... That makes me mad. Just told her. How do you do that to somebody? Your daughter's been murdered and rolls out. So, of course, she's like, what the fuck? It's one o'clock in the morning. She's woken up out of a dead sleep in the middle of a thunderstorm. And Mm -hmm. has told her daughter's been murdered. Like, what? Yeah. You know? So, it was determined that sometime on the night of Monday, September 27th, which was the last day that she spoke with her mom on the phone. Right. Between the hours of 10 p.m. and 8 a.m. the next morning, Brittany was raped and murdered in the bedroom of her apartment. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And some reports say suffocated and some say strangled. So I'm not 100% sure which. I will say uh, her mom has a website out there that has a lot of details on it Mm -hmm. and said that there was no ligature or anything like that found that would have been used. And I assume she also had no ligature marks on her neck. Okay. So they believe it was like 
a suffocation or a manual strangula- strangulation. Yeah. Um, she was not found until September the 30th. So her body lay in that apartment for at least two to three days before she was found. Does it say, are you going to tell me who found her? No, I don't say? have that information. Okay. Um, I assume it was probably a friend or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time she was seen alive, she was driving her friend home around 10 p.m. and dropped her friend off and then drove home to her own apartment. On that Monday? Uh, yeah, on the 27th, September 27th. So she was probably, um, they probably did it when she got back, more than likely. Potentially. Um, she was laid to rest on October the 4th, 2004, which was her 19th birthday. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there was DNA recovered from the crime scene that was kept as evidence by the investigators And over the course of the investigation, one thing became glaringly obvious. There weren't really any eyewitnesses to see anyone going into her apartment. And if there were, no one has come forward. Yeah. Um, The case went cold relatively quickly just because of the lack of witnesses. Right. And it probably didn't help that her body was there for three days before anyone found her. And realized she was dead, you know. Right. Um, her mom became very fearful that the case would be forgotten mm-hmm. and that her daughter's killer would never be brought to justice. Right. So she became pretty famous in her own right here in Oklahoma um, and all over the U.S. really. And every year she does her caravan to catch a killer. So she she's still working. She still works um, in the psychiatric field. And every year she takes like two weeks off work and drives her vehicle all around the country. And her vehicle is wrapped mm-hmm. with pictures of her daughter, information about the case and phone numbers to call if anyone has any information. Mm-hmm. And she goes to different states and interacts with locals, obviously. And then she also tries to get Brittany's story out to every news publication and um, news channel and everything like that in the different states that she visits. Because you never know where someone is now. Right. You know, yeah. if they were in Tulsa in 2004, you never know where they, they are now. Right. So she has been doing that for years and years. She did it again this year. She took like a couple years off because of COVID. Right. right? Yeah. Um, But she did it again this year. And just to try to get that information out. Now, what I found interesting is recently, um, well, I say recently, within the past few months, I've spoken to Maggie just via Facebook messenger and stuff like that. And she sort of dropped a bomb on me that I wasn't aware of. So we talked about that DNA evidence, right? That was collected from the scene, right? They had this DNA profile completed at early days of the investigation and essentially used this DNA profile to 
amongst other things, to determine who may have been involved and who wasn't. Like right? to weed out any. Yeah, they okay. used this DNA profile to match or to clear mm-hmm. suspects, right. right? Yes. They put it in CODIS. It was it was the DNA that they were saying was suspect DNA. Okay. In this rape and murder. Mm-hmm. So I sort of assumed it was DNA from inside of her, or at least on her body. And I'm not so sure of that now. And I'll tell you why. Okay. This DNA was sent to Parabon Nano Labs back in 2018, I believe, to have them uh, work up a forensic composite drawing. Okay. Which essentially gave hair color, eye color, complexion, uh, what this person most likely would have looked like at the age of 25. Okay? Okay. And when the composite was spit out, it was like a white guy, blue eyes, blonde hair. I mean, every blonde white guy in Oklahoma, essentially, is what it looks like. Yeah. But after they released this composite drawing, by 2019... They had already identified who it was, who the DNA belonged to, and had cleared him as a suspect and said he's not involved in this in any way. And I'm like, what? What? And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I was wrong because I just assumed it was DNA from her body, from the rape. But if it was just found in the home, because let's be 100% clear, no one anywhere ever said this dna was from her rape they just said it was found at the scene and i made the assumption okay which you know what assuming does it makes an ass of you and me yes so i made an ass out of myself (laughs) we've all been there it's fine and and so now i'm questioning did this dna just come from her apartment potentially right and not her body um, but they say the the person who matches this DNA has nothing to do with this crime. He's completely cleared. It's nothing to do with him whatsoever. So come to find out, Maggie tells me, uh, they, they tested this DNA against like 3,000 people okay. through the course of this investigation because – from 2004 to 2019 is 15 years. Right. Right. They test this DNA from like against like 3,000 people and clear these people based on this DNA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now come to find out the DNA has nothing to do with this crime. So are we going back and re-interviewing those 3,000 people? Because they came in as suspects in some sort of way. Right. 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 They came in as suspects because of X, Y, or Z. Right. Are we reinvestigating these people since now we know that the DNA has, quote unquote, nothing to do with this crime? Uh, I'm. That's, that's why I'm just, I'm so confused because for years they were like, yeah, we have this DNA. And once we find a DNA match, we got him. Right. That's where my brain was going. Like, you're telling people we have this DNA in our minds, and anyone listening and anyone, whatever, 
they're going to think, oh, this is DNA tied to this crime. This yeah. is going to how you're this is how you're going to catch them. Right. But now you find the person that it's tied to and all of a sudden it's not tied to the crime. Exactly. The DNA is no longer tied to the crime. DNA has nothing to do with the crime. So that's what made me reevaluate my assumption of the circumstances of the case and where this evidence came from. Where did the yeah. If it's on which also let me be a hundred percent clear. It is one thousand percent possible that that DNA was on her, and she had a consensual sexual relationship with someone, then was raped and murdered by someone else. True, that is one hundred percent possible. It has happened before. Absolutely. I just, I need more information, and it's not going to happen because it's a cold case and it's an active investigation. They're not going to give us that information, right? Um. But Brittany's mom is desperate for answers. Yeah. Um, they need someone to come forward about something. And this comes back to what we've always talked about, right? Um, if in 2004, if you were doing some dirt, you were doing drugs with someone, you were doing robberies with someone, you were doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And this person popped off their mouth about being involved in Britney's murder or whatever. Mm-hmm. Chances are the statute has run out for the drug. For what things. you were doing. Mm-hmm. The statute has not run out on murder. Right. Right. So if you know someone that has run their mouth about being involved with Britney's murder, if you know someone that <clears throat> has done whatever, and there's, a reason for you to be afraid to go to the police because of what you were doing at the time, Mm -hmm. chances are just short of murder, the statute has probably run out in Oklahoma. Right. So go to the police. Right. Go give that information. Call in a tip. Mm -hmm. Call in anything. Right. To help get this resolved. And there are so many of these cases that don't have DNA And Mm -hmm. don't have, you know, the evidence has already been destroyed or whatever. Right. That you just need a good eyewitness or a good friend of a friend. I heard Mm -hmm. X, Y, Z back in 04. Right. Was somebody acting different after that first weekend in October? Yeah. You know? Did you live in the area and one of your friends was like really obsessed with the story yeah or like or now they're suicidal all of a sudden or now they mm-hmm. feel some sort of way about britney or whatever yeah. the case may be phone a friend right call it in right you know so <clears throat> there are some theories about how the person got into britney's apartment mm-hmm. because it was obvious there was a struggle so something happened yeah in the apartment obviously They could have broken in through the balcony porch door or window. Okay. Okay. The upstairs apartments all had an entry into the attic, and the whole building shares the same attic space. That's terrifying. Yes, it certainly is. He could have been waiting for her when she got home, like already in the apartment, Mm -hmm. or he could have come after she got home or woken her up. Right. In the night, you know, she's disoriented or whatever. Um, 
like I said, there was an obvious struggle in the home, but nothing seemed to have been taken. They couldn't confirm if anything was missing from the apartment. Yeah. And there was also a profile done of Brittany's killer. So this person may be someone who is often up or out alone at night. May he may have sexual problems or is the type that denies he has any problems or responds to his sexual problems with anger. So what do you mean by sexual problems? Like he can't get it up. Okay. I mean, yeah. ED, right. anything like that. Yeah. I would say. Okay. Um, It's very important if, that men can't get it up. Well, mm-hmm. and especially if they respond to it with anger, anger. right? Like, because if you are actively trying to rape somebody and you can't get it up, and then she's like, I can't get it up or whatever, it mm-hmm. could potentially escalate from a rape to a murder. Um, yeah. Easily. 100%. Right? Yes. Um, this person may be into high-risk behaviors that are dangerous or cause pain, either giving or receiving pain. Oof. He may be into snuff films. Oh. Yeah. It is possible that this person was previously arrested for a lesser crime like uh, endangerment or a public indecency type thing where he wouldn't necessarily get his DNA taken upon arrest. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Because remember, we talked about that. All of those crimes that will get you put in CODIS, there are still some that won't. Right. Right? Correct. Um, so this would be one of those misdemeanors that doesn't necessarily get you into CODIS, but still could be a crime where you're stair-stepping into sexual violence, mm-hmm. right? And then murder. And then murder, mm-hmm. yeah. This person may have attempted to hurt or kill themselves out of guilt. This person may drive consistently on I-35, I-44, or I-40 for work, or has friends or family in Oklahoma, but may be from a different state. Okay. This person could have been in a public service job at the time, like bill collector or utilities or something like that that has access to home address. Or a maintenance worker at the apartment complex. Yeah. And one of the cops did say, this was years ago, said that just in her apartment complex alone – there were like 300 people that they were interested in just due to past behaviors. That's terrifying. And they likely cleared them all with that DNA. Jesus Christ. This is what I'm talking about. So we cleared a lot of people. (laughs) They need to unclear those people. Yeah. We cleared a lot of people with that DNA. And I'm sure they did other things to clear them. You know what I mean? But... They cleared a lot of people utilizing that DNA sample as an unknown suspect sample. Yeah. That now we know that person wasn't involved for whatever reason. That now I'm like, what are we doing to go back and and yeah, go back to those original, even 300 people that were in her apartment complex at the time? What are we doing to go back to the maintenance men and everything else, right? Yeah. And what the fuck did these 300 people do? Yeah. Yeah. That... That's terrifying. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, they need they need leads. Yeah. Maggie is going to continue to do her caravan to catch a killer, I think, as long as she possibly can. Mm-hmm. But they're always looking for more exposure and more 
of course, news interviews and things like that to get the word out. There are so many cases that are just setting cold that have no traction at all. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the families don't know that unless they're there being the squeaky wheel, mm-hmm. they will not get it moving again. Right. Right. Yeah. So this is one that we can help out with. Mm-hmm. I think um, if, if you were there, if you know someone was there, if you just heard a rumor that somebody was there, mm-hmm. call it in. So this is the Tulsa homicide hotline. Okay. 918-798-8477. And we will also put this information on our Instagram and in the show notes of this show. Mm -hmm. Please call if you have any information. There are no tips too small. And there's no information that's insignificant at this point. You can remain anonymous, right? Like, you don't have to give... Yeah. In case people are worried, you know, for whatever past. Yeah. You can always call Crime Stoppers yeah. and do anonymous tips. Yes. Always. Um, and if you're worried about your past crimes or if you're worried about the dirt you were doing in 2004, chances are nobody cares about it right now. Right. In 2022. Right. As long as you weren't the murderer. And if you were the murderer, stop being a piece of shit and turn yourself in. Yeah. Stop living with the guilt, man. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. If you have guilt. I don't I don't know. People like that, I don't know. Do they? <sighs> Some of them do. Some of them don't. But it's fine. So I have one more, one more person to talk about. This is just going to be pretty short because I don't have a whole lot of information. Okay. And this is one that we learned about at the True Crime Podcast Festival. Okay. During that festival... I was fortunate to have met Ladessa, who was who was the spouse of Brandon Lawson, and I was telling you about the Brandon Lawson case. Mm-hmm. Um, the Brandon the Brandon Lawson case is one of the first uh, podcasts that I ever listened to, and I don't even remember what podcast it was on, mm-hmm. but I dove head first into it and i don't really know what i was going to try to do if i was going to solve this case all by myself from my desk in oklahoma or what but <laughs> um i i was fortunate enough to have met her she was really nice she answered all of my questions about um how they're doing with the case they think they may have found his remains earlier this year uh, they're still waiting on confirmation to determine if it's his remains. Um, hopefully they get some resolution in that case. But with her at the festival were members of the search party that found his remains. Yep. And the leader of the search party, his name was John Lorden. He brought around uh, missing missing persons flyers for a bunch of missing persons out of Texas because that's where they're based. And one that he dropped off uh, for us her name is Samantha Tapp. She went missing in October 2004 at the age of 16. Hmm. So same time frame as Brittany. I'm not saying the two are connected at right, all. Just no. same. Yeah. Same time frame. She was last seen in Burleson, Texas, and she would now be about 34 years old if she's still alive. Um, no one has had any contact with her since October 2004. They think she may have traveled to Oregon, but she also has family here in Oklahoma, which is why I told him that we would put the word out here. 
Um, we will put a picture of her on our Instagram and also put the links to uh, the Burleson Police Department as well as the Texas Missing Persons Clearinghouse. If you have any information on her whereabouts, please contact these agencies. Mm -hmm. If you know for a fact that she is alive and well somewhere, please have her contact these people so that they can stop worrying about her. Right. Um, A lot of people who run away from home or wind up just walking away from a bad situation never really think that those people would have filed a missing person's report on them. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So they may be just out there being an adult, living their lives, never touching their credit or doing everything in cash. That's totally possible. Um, if you're an adult at the age of majority, you can just call these agencies and say, Hey, I'm an adult and I'm out here living my adult life and I'm not missing. Right. I'm not speaking to my family. Right. And I've drawn some pretty hard boundaries that they're not thrilled about. Right. But I'm no longer in contact with my family. I'd appreciate it if you didn't let them know where I'm at. Mm -hmm. But I am out here being an adult, living my adult life. Correct. And I'm fine. And they will remove that report. Mm -hmm. As long as they can verify your identity. Yeah. 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 They're going to release you from being missing. If someone has met with foul play or they truly are missing, we want to help in any way we can. Right. And if if Samantha truly is missing still or went missing in 2004, we'd like to help them get resolution. Yeah. So if you know anything about that, we will also link those contacts in the show notes. Yeah. For this case. So. Whew. It's heavy, man. 2004 was not it. It was not. Mm-mm. So Oof, that's heavy. Yeah, that's that one today. So please help if you can. Yeah. And if not, sh- spread the word. Share share episodes. If you know people in Tulsa, be like, hey, you might be interested in this. Yes. If you know people yep. in Burleson, Texas, hey, you might be interested in this. Share, share away, please. Mm-hmm. Not because we like hearing the sound of our own voices, but because you might actually be helpful in uh, solving a case yeah. or helping a family helping them find get resolution. Yeah. Yep. So. Oh, man, Shan, that was heavy. That was heavy. I hate it that these women, that Samantha's missing. I hate it that Brittany had to lose her life in such a horrible, horrible way. And there's nothing like it's just. No information. Ugh. Yep. Yeah. Please, if you know something, say, say something. something. Yep. You can remain anonymous. You can, you know, whatever. But, oof. Yeah. Yeah. Was, thanks, Shan. Thanks, Shai. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK underscore pod.